Hi folks and welcome to the Kicking Out of Kayfabe podcast. I'm your host Colin, thank you very much for joining me here today. Today I have the pleasure of sitting down with the one and only Temple Bar bad boy, Terry Thatcher. Now me and Terry are going to touch on a lot of subjects here today, including his NLW title win over Scotty. He was the first person to win the title after Jordan Devlin vacated it way back when. Um, we also discuss his first stadium match against Eddie Kingston and how his significant daughter Linda thought about that match and the outcome. A lot of marks on his chest. We also talk about the Haskins feud that went on for a while, a year-long feud that, in Terry's words, as you'll see, isn't finished. We also talk about if we are going to get that match between Linda and Vicky, or even a mixed tag. All answers are here. This is a good one. Enjoy. And welcome everyone to the Kicking Out of Kayfabe podcast. I'm Colin, your host. Thanks very much for joining me here today. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Temple Bar bad boy, Terry Thatcher. How are you, Terry? It's crack, lads. How are you all? It's How great. are you, Colin? Great to have you on, mate. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. How's oh. fatherhood? You had baby number two, what, three months ago now? Yeah, yeah. She was three months last, uh, just Saturday gone. She's 12 weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, tiring, tiring is what it is. I can only imagine, mate. So you're now the one boy in a family of three girls? Yeah, yeah. These are even me fish as a female. I'm just I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> Not in the way young 18-year-old me would have liked. <laughs> and is it safe to say that you've um, there's two mammies in the house now as well? I presume. Uh, pretty uh, much, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Orla, I don't know. Um, she, she's taken a bit. She's taken a, a big shine to um, to her little sister now that we've. She's been forced to be around her all the time from lockdown. But like, yeah, she was super excited about having a baby sister. But once, once, uh, once Eva got here, it was very. Oh yeah, she's nice, but she doesn't do anything. So, I'll. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go over and, and watch something on Netflix instead. But now that now that she's uh, she's got nothing else to do, she's very like, oh my god, look, she smiled. So uh, yeah, she's uh, she's becoming more and more interested every day. That's very good. I'm sure they'll have a really special bond as well. Um, and hopefully start on the shows as well once they start to grow up. Yeah, a couple more, yeah. Uh, couple hopefully. more fans, or maybe even wrestlers down the line. Yeah, bit of luck. Okay, so that's what we're here to talk about today. And anyway, we're here to talk about you and your wrestling career. So let's go right into it. Bring us way back to the start. How did you get into wrestling? Uh, I got into wrestling because I am I am the seventh out of eight kids. So uh, when you're that low on the totem pole, you kind of you don't have an option with what you're watching. Like so, if my older brothers are watching wrestling. I'm the eight, uh, the seventh of eight kids. Sorry, Linda's interrupting me and correcting me on my own life. Hey, Linda. Yeah, Anya's, yeah. Hey, Linda. <laughs> yeah, I'm the seventh out of eight kids. Yeah. Um, seventh out of eight kids. So yeah, I I don't I didn't have an option with what we were watching. So if uh, if me all the brothers are watching wrestling, then I was watching it as well. It just so happened that I really enjoyed it too, and um. Yeah, just kept watching, kept watching. And around 
um around about a time i was about 12 i started coming up with this this idea that i was going to get into wrestling even though at that point there was no wrestling skills or nothing really available over here but i have an auntie who lives in canada so naturally i was like oh well once i'm finished skilled then i'll just move to canada and train in the dungeon and i'll be grand i'll be sorted <laughs> but uh yeah didn't really work out that way i didn't realize how much you know flights would cost and whatnot or you know living expenses or anything like that but um yeah that was uh that was my original thought process on getting involved in wrestling as i safe to say that you were the crash test dummy growing up then for the all brothers oh yeah big time <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it, not, not much has changed obviously like still like the smallest guy in the room anyway so um so i had plenty of practice before i actually started yeah, but, yeah um, from a young age and any <laughs> yeah pretty much so then how did you go from there how did you then get into actually becoming a wrestler then what what was the spark that made you go and start training or look into training um it was it was around 2003 2004 when um the wrestling channel started up on on sky and uh, they had a lot of independent shows and it was where they where force got kind of introduced to tna and other places like that uh-huh. like places that weren't wwe and um yeah uh i think it was also around that time when iww started up um and uh i've been messing around out my backyard with all my mates and stuff like that and anytime anyone had like a mattress they were getting rid of it somehow ended up my, out my backyard and we'd uh we'd do our own little uh outdoor or backyard promotion well i say promotion it was just like a few of us just like practicing back body drops and spine busters on each other and jumping off the walls and stuff like that but uh nothing really um we occasionally recorded it if anyone happened to have a, a camcorder but uh then a mate of mine got involved with iww and then he was on to me saying oh you should definitely come down you should come down and try this you should come down and try this um and i took him up on it i went down one of the days and got there and i was nervous as fuck but I was really, really interested in it. I thought this is something that I could do. Got there and realized that I didn't have enough money to pay for the insurance. So I wasn't allowed to train. But I was able to sit in and watch one of the classes. So kind of it got me really interested then to say, this is, yeah, this, once I have the money back up, I'm definitely going to be coming back down. And uh, yeah, eventually got the money up for came down and yeah just I, I i i think i took to it fairly quickly like the the bumping was um came fairly natural again probably because i've been getting thrown around since i was three years old so i was uh i was fairly used to getting bashed so and then uh yeah kind of kicked off from there so obviously like it's it's very tough going into that kind of environment. Did you did you find any kind of were there any kind of pitfalls at the the very start when you were going in? You said that you talked to it very naturally, but was there anything that kind of threw you off at all at the start? Um, like obviously, say, yeah, the, the, 
like the little people, minor people blip where going in, down. People go in with this kind of mindset of the the business being something that maybe it's not. Especially from a fan mm. perspective, a lot of people probably think that it's something that it's not. Did that throw you in, in any way? Uh, no, no. I think by that by that stage, I was, well, I think it was like 17, 18 when I was starting. So I'd kind of, I'd, I'd gotten an idea of what, I, of what it was. And by this time, you know, there was a lot of like shoot interviews and stuff going around. Um, so I was getting... I was getting more and more into the idea of what happens backstage before I actually started going down. But then when I went down, I learned so much more about like, you know, uh, like backstage protocols, like the mm-hmm. handshakes and stuff like that. And all this, uh, all this other stuff that I would have no idea about. But um, no, I, I had a fair grasp on, the idea that it's it's more of performance art than um than it is like legitimate competition so were you training then on a weekly basis twice a week three times a week how often would you be training then um it was when like i'd, I'd usually get down on the weekend because i was still in school at the time mm-hmm. so i'd uh yeah i'd get down every saturday and they'd be they do long classes on Saturday, so I get down, get down to them as much as I could. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I, I just I was taken to it fairly naturally, and uh, just yeah, then just learning the 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 ins and outs of psychology and stuff like that. But like as far as the the physical part, the like the bumping, um, yeah, I, I took to that fairly quickly, and uh, yeah, just being small and. Um, I was fairly agile at the time and flexible, so I was able to to do a lot more stuff than some of the other lads were that were starting around the same time as well. So, how long were you training then before you had your first match? About, I think it was about five or six months thereabouts. Um, so, and it was it was fairly quick for the, at the time. Um, usually, I'd probably recommend being. Uh, been at it a bit longer before you get in front of a in front of an audience for um the the guys in IWB were kind of stuck with um they needed someone to fill the Irish Dragon role and I happened to uh, fit the bill. Uh, I had the same kind of same kind of physique as your man and uh, yeah just uh, I was doing most the kind of kind of doing similar similar moves that that he would have used. So they just said, oh, well, we'll throw him in and see what happens from there. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. And can can you remember the match? I can, yeah. It was, like, I remember the scenario of the match. Like, I remember, like, it was just, it was me versus Ballymun Browser, who was, happened to be one of my trainers at the time. So I was, uh, I was happy out with that, that uh, it'd be nice and simple. Um, I think it was only like eight minutes. And I swear, it felt like it was probably two and a half. It felt like it just, like, it started and it was over. I was, like, nothing went wrong. We had, we'd been down to the gym, or we'd been down to the school during the week or the week before, and we'd went over what might happen and what we might do. And, uh, yeah, everything kind of went off without a hitch. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was happy out with it. 
Uh, Bruiser was happy with it. Nothing seemed to go wrong. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that. I think it was in Blanche, as far as I remember. That would have been, yeah, I think was it February. I think it was February '06, and um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was it was easy. Like as far as the physical part, like I was shit myself beforehand, just before we went through the court. But uh, like I said, like it just it was it was over and done with in in what seemed like an instance, an instant. And uh, yeah, I was I was happy. He was happy. Uh, yeah, that's that's where it all started. So me and probably a lot of other fans would know you mainly from OTT. Mm-hmm. which is obviously the biggest stage in Ireland at the moment, along with there's a couple of other decent size promotions out there, but I think anyone would say that OTT is the biggest one. Yeah. I think you had your first match in OTT around 2015. So Yeah, I think, I think it was around then, yeah. So tell me your journey then between your first match then. When did you say it was? Around 2006? I think it was 2006, early 2006. Yeah, it was early 2006. So tell me your journey then. Between 2006 to getting into OTT in 2015, what were you doing during those times? What promotions did you work for and who were you training with and stuff? Well, um, yeah, I was I was IWW for about, I think, four or five years. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, I was with IWW for about four, for about four odd years. And um, after a while, the, the bookings kind of started slowing down. Um, I wasn't getting put on shows. Their TV show had got cancelled at this point. Um, and by by the time I finished up with them, they were they were running very irregularly, and they'd lost their, their training skill and all. So I couldn't couldn't even um, keep training with them around. But uh, yeah, eventually I just said, look, there's no point in me going, like, there's no point in me trying to keep this going. Um, and then I tried getting into a couple of different places and for whatever reason, it's probably just, honestly, it was down to my own, uh, just, probably just laziness or whatever. I just, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't traveling to other places really. Um, and eventually I, uh, Logan Bryce got onto me. Um, he was he's an old IWW head as well, mm-hmm. and he was training in a different skill. He was saying that there's this lad down here who's starting up a new promotion. Uh, I think you'd you'd be a good fit. So I came down, um, met up with your man. Uh, a few months later, his promotion started, and that was Dublin Championship Wrestling BCW, which. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was um, that was a, an interesting experience. Um, so I was with there from start to finish. Um, I say start to finish, it literally only lasted like ten months before, like he had officially like pissed off everybody in Irish wrestling. And uh, yeah, so that that came and went. But the the good thing about the thing that I will I will say about DCW is it gave for me personally it gave me a lot of opportunities to have um kind of I don't know a more 
not high profile matches, but more intense matches and stuff like that, more kind of bigger bigger fight fields. Um and I got to work with some of the some of the the better guys around. Like I got I got to to work with uh, Ryan Smile for a bit, uh through a couple of shows and um yeah, I got to got to have some really, really good matches. Uh there wasn't wasn't really big crowds for it, but um they were the first group to really utilize social media and they were they were posting videos to Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that, all of which have uh, been removed now. So um there's no even footage of it out there anywhere apart from the odd DVD that you might find in a car boot sale somewhere. That's a bit of a shame but, uh, as well, because we got to go back yeah. and have a have a look at those kind of things. Mm, I think I have like maybe one or two DVDs floating around the gaff somewhere. Um but yeah, it was a it was a a badly badly run promotion that tried to make, that tried to run run they tried to run over eighteen shows, but they never promoted it as over eighteen. So you'd have families in the crowd while like there's force blood matches and like just proper like trying to be these wannabe attitude era uh, storylines like just uh. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't it wasn't a good it wasn't a good, good yeah, place does, to be. Doesn't like, sound like a good show to be at. Really. No. it sounds a bit yeah, like again, cringy. Is the the word that I can kind of a little bit, a little bit. Like, definitely, like, yeah. it's one of those. Definitely in hindsight, it's like, oh man, what the fuck was I doing? Like, but um, I and like I said, I had some really good matches. Uh, for the few people that remember it, for the few people that were there, they really enjoyed it because they did. They had. I'd say they had a loyal fan base, but it was a very small fan base. It was the same group of fans that were coming to every show. But um, yeah, like the the whole running them over 18s, but not calling it over 18s, uh, it just it, it, it soured a lot of people on them. And your man who was running it just had the worst fucking attitude. Like he was legitimately going on like he was some sort, like he was like the Vince McMahon of Irish wrestling. Um, yeah, and he knew fucking nothing about what he was doing. Like, it eventually got to the point where the lads were, like, the guys were, the, the wrestlers were just basically booking their own storylines and uh, just doing whatever. And, yeah, and eventually just he pissed off his entire roster. He'd already alienated everybody else in Irish wrestling. And we eventually, we all just said, ah, fuck this. And, uh yeah, we all went to elsewhere. Uh, I ended up in um, main stage, main stage wrestling from there, which had actually started up kind of in rivalry of DCW. Okay. Um, that was run by uh, the lads from the flats and a few others like uh, Lenny Hanna, um, John Jennings, and a few others like that. They were all running that, so I went down there and. Um, yeah, they kind of they welcomed me in, even though I was you know partly enemy. Uh, they they welcomed me in, like because I heard they, they weren't mad at me. I wasn't mad at them. It was just the other lad. So like it was no bother. I came in, did a few months of kind of just doing battle royals and stuff, and then eventually started getting, uh, getting put in proper matches. Oh, and, do you have uh, any idea yeah. what what year we're we're out here? Um, let's see. I think DCW started in 
2010 and was yeah it was finished by early uh, 2011 so i got into main stage from 2011 i think i was i was there up until main stage closed up which was wasn't last year i think it was the year before i actually no no it was actually i think it was only last year when they um, when they officially closed up and um the school of irish wrestling yeah. started then i was just about to say i think it was just before the school got up and running hmm. So obviously you're saying you're coming out of DCW after being in more higher profile matches, obviously built you mm-hmm. up and your abilities up and probably your confidence up as well. Coming yeah, in, big coming time. into main stage then, did that propel you into kind of bigger matches? Did it give you a, a different view on things going into that rather than just going in as a trainee where you're going in as a more advanced type wrestler or more of a veteran wrestler coming in with a lot of younger up-and-comers then um yeah like uh when i was coming in when i came in and i think i was viewed that way in training but um main stage they had uh they had a mentality of like kind of earning your spots yeah. so before i was i was put into any sort of big uh, uh any sort of big matches around uh, I did a few months of just wrestling in the uh, the battle world, and that was that was all ground. That was fine with me. Like it was, like probably at the time I was thinking, oh, this is a bit of a step back. I mean, I was just having like these big matches, but then I'd kind of remind myself, yeah, you were having big matches, but like for a god awful promotion. So like, does it really count? Um, and I, I don't want to discredit the the work that I did with DCW, but at the same time like it just it's not really it's not really worth putting on the cv that you're with a promotion that like went down in flames within a few months like and it's it's just it's a bit of a black stain on on irish wrestling but again like and that even that that's probably given dcw way too much credit by saying that i had that kind of that much impact on on Irish wrestling as a whole, but um, yeah, like uh, I I was probably at the time I was a little bit taken aback by going, oh, well, maybe I should be in the bigger matches. But yeah, I uh, I said Grand Battle Royal, sword, I'll do that no matter. And then the next month, Battle Royal, Grand, I'll do that no better. And yeah, and I was still I was still chipping away, like I was still doing um doing whatever at training. And again, it's not like the lads kind of knew that I was I was fairly good at this point, but um like I said, it was just they they weren't gonna bring me in and put me in these big matches ahead of some of the lads who had been training there for a long time and had been doing the same thing, had been busting their ass trying to get out of the battle worlds. And then suddenly I just come in and straight away I'm in these bigger matches. They, yeah, they, they played it straight. So obviously then OTT was bred out of main stage. I think we could say. Um, Joe Cabrera came back from the States, began to train in main stage. Yeah, he started taking over the the head training in main stage. He was actually he was he was doing the head training before he left, and then when he came back, he took it over again. And um, 
him and uh, him and Lenny uh, started coming up with this idea of running over eighteen shows. Um, found a perfect venue in the Tivoli, um, and yeah, they started running it from there. And after a couple of months, really started catching on that uh, this was this was something that that people could get interest, interested in. It. And in a lot of ways, it was like. It was like DCW, but just like so, so much better on every single conceivable level. Like the quality of everything that they were putting out at the start was just 10 times better than anybody was doing anywhere in the country and still is now. So coming into the start of OTT then, I'm just having a look at your your OTT career here as well. And you were on, your first show was the second of... Uh, the 21st of Feb 2015, which I think was the yeah. third OTT show at the time. Yeah, um, would have been it was either it was either the third or fourth. I think it was the oh, which one was it? It was the the Humperdinck's Monster Factory. Humperdinck at the Monster Factory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had um they had like Tiny Iron over and they had the the little guy um. Little legs. He came out as an umpa lumpa. Uh, him and this big massive dude, Tiny Aaron, are walking in the gymnasties. Like an excellent little comedy match. And I think that was the same night that um, Joe and Paul had their big title match. And it was when they had a title switch actually on that night. Um, so yeah, it was a big night. Um, and yeah, I had me me debut uh, as the skinhead. Terry Thatcher. Yeah, that version of me. <laughs> and yeah. was, can um, I just ask you, was there, was there a reason why you weren't on the previous shows? Um, I think it was just the, the he hadn't quite figured out a spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Joe was very adamant about not uh, about he, he wasn't he wasn't sold on, on Dragon. On not not so much on Dragon, but not for an over 18 show. He just he wasn't sold on on the idea. He didn't like new gear. Um, he was just he was he was looking for for something to do with me that wasn't Irish Dragon. And uh, yeah, eventually I was down at training and we did a, a heat spot. And I um I will I put some heat on Powered and I just started beating my shit out of him in it. <laughs> Everybody was just like, oh shit, okay, all right. Yeah, this we might have something there. Like uh dragon as a heel. Huh? It's interesting. And um yeah over the next couple of weeks Joe started coming up with these ideas of uh, of stuff to do. And um once I knew he was interested then I was like messaging him every every couple of days just like oh, I have this idea. What if I do this? What if I do this? I think I said it on one of them on one of the other podcasts that like, I was about the fourth person that uh, that pitched him the idea that like I I could be like the lads from the flats I could be their dealer that's where they get their their, their gear from and then like I'll come in and then I'll have my own lads from the flats and it's just like ah oh. it's like yeah that, that's that's a good idea it was it was it was almost as good as when Danny Butler said that to me like ten minutes ago so it's like yeah. Uh, <laughs> So who conceived okay, this uh, this temple bar bad boy then? Was was it you? Was it Joe? Was it a cross of, of both? 
Um, it was Joe had this, had an idea of um, he wanted to get me and there was another lad, Mark Flanagan. He, he wrestles as Adam Ace over in Canada now. Um, he wanted us to uh, to do something, but like um, he couldn't think of anything to do with us, and uh, he eventually he put uh, he gave he gave he gave me this idea of uh, um, he just watched This Is England, and he wanted to have like a kind of a bit of a kind of a football hooligan. But um, somehow I took that and went, he wanted football hooligan. I came back with like American History X, that kind of skinhead. And um, yeah, it was just, we settled somewhere with it. It was like, okay, oh, this, this will do. And um, cut that, I cut this promo. Uh, we filmed the promo at the, uh, at the gym. And... Um, yeah, it went really well. Everybody seemed to be really interested in it. It was, it was like really well shot. Just a lot of kind of over-the-shoulder visuals. You see me like putting on the braces and stuff like that and zipping up the bomber jacket and like tying the, the big boots um, and kind of just rubbing the, 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 the shaved head. And I'm cutting this promo over the top of it. And just at the end of it, I just kind of walk into, into frame, uh, into focus and just like... My name is Terry Thatcher. I fuck people up, and uh, it was just like I don't know where that came from, but like, yeah, fuck it, it'll do. <laughs> Were you a skinhead at the time, or did you actually shave the head for? No, that? no, I had to, I had to shave my head for. Uh, yeah, did not like that. Neither did the missus. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my missus yeah, killed me for shaving my head. I brought it up now the last few weeks. The reason why I'm wearing the cap today, by the way, I've this is I think yeah, episode same. four. And I'm wearing the cap today. It's just getting too much out of control now at this stage. And I ordered a razor about two weeks ago. It's still not here. But um, yeah, anyway. Uh, not a feeling. Not a feeling. I'm, so, uh, I'm, rocking, I'm rocking something serious underneath this. <laughs> I, I can guarantee it's not as bad as mine. I'll show you. When, when, when we finish the show, I'll take the cap off. <laughs> but anyway, um, we get back to it. So, um, so what would you say... We'll just we'll just skip ahead a little bit because we can go back and go through a few of your matches. So what what would you say was your biggest match to date? Do you have a big standout? Um, yeah, the, yeah, like the the Jonah Rock was the one. The Jonah Rock match at Contender Seven was the one that got everyone's that opened everyone's eyes um, and started getting me noticed. But mm. personal personal favorite is um, me and Haskins at Contenders. I think it was Contenders fourteen. Is that the one where you won the title and then lost the title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was my first contender uh, show, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah. actually good uh, because you, you gripped me, and it, it just a bit of a side story here. There was a, a super fan at the show that I didn't realise who it was. This crazy lady at the bar who just kept screaming, come on, Terry. <laughs> yeah. And it was only yeah, after, I think I know her. And it was only after the match the penny dropped. I was, I was kind of like, who's, who's this one at the bar? She's she's proper marking out over there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I obviously it was only when, it was only when she came up to the ring and like pulled me up by the hair and like wore the face <laughs> off me. It's like, oh, that, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah, that's that's around the time where the <laughs> shot. 
but yeah, I was, <laughs> as I said, my first contender show, I just thought that was just full of absolute hardcore marks. Yeah, yeah, Linda, we are talking about you. Yeah, we are talking about you. <laughs> yeah, so like that, um. That match, it was an amazing match. It was my first contenders. That hooked me. Your story hooked me as well. And it it wasn't like your only match with Haskins, which is a bit strange for, for OTT because the, from my knowledge or from what I've seen, there's no long-standing type feuds that I can pinpoint apart mm. from you and Haskins. Yeah, and... Um... Like obviously there's the like the whole Star Walter Devlin that whole Yeah, but that, that was stop like, start as well. What what yeah, I mean by like long they, time they of you, you and Haskins that. have literally gone for a year. Yeah. Or it was um yeah, the thing with me and Haskins it kinda it started kinda fairly innocently. Like it was just that uh we had a the three way with Andrew Everett in the basketball arena and yeah we had this we had this finish in mind that like well we keep keep me looking strong but Haskins gets the win so I was like okay Grant and um yeah Joe was happy with it afterwards and he's like I think we got something there like we'll keep going with this and then contenders came uh, there was a, a Belfast show in the middle of it but uh, then the the contender show it was yeah it's still it's still one of my favorite matches um i think i was i was nervous enough going into it as well like uh, i remember like it was easter sunday so i got in there late because you know, i had to stick around and do easter bunny with with orna and um yeah so i'd gotten there fairly late um still a bit nervous because like even on even at the when we, even though we'd already walked in the treeway, I still didn't, I didn't really get enough time to, to really sit down and just like shoot the shit with, with Mark. Um, and we got, we got a few minutes backstage and yeah, the whole time I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And we just happened to, to catch a few minutes and I was just like, so, uh, you know, I was kids. He was, oh great, great! And we had just like a, a, a like a proper little just a yap back and forth just about being being dads. And it was just like, yeah, myself and the missus are thinking about having another. Like, what's it like having two? And like just getting some just genuine like fatherly advice from him and stuff like that. So like, it was a it really it like it, it eased my nerves, which made it a lot easier than to go into the match and be prepared as much as I can be when uh, when I'm in there with, with someone as good as he is. You do seem to have but, this um, kind of natural chemistry as well, though, when you were hmm. in there. like Everything just kind of clicked with the two. Yeah. It didn't seem forced. It, it was, And again, I think that, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge testament to how good the two years are as athletes in the ring. Like, I think we all know how, how good Haskins is. He's, he's global now, and I think mm. you definitely stepped up to his level, especially in that match. Well, that's it. That, that's the thing with Haskins. Like, he brings such an intensity to the ring that he kind of he forces you to, to, to bring it out yourself as well. So, like, I remember in the, uh, in the treeway, and, like, he's coming into the ring, and he's, like, proper, like, up into my face and he's up into Everett's face and it's just like oh shit did, oh 
Did I do something wrong? Like, have, have I pissed him off somehow? It's just, shut up, you! Just, like, getting back into his face and stuff. I had no idea which way to go about it, but then just realising, all right, no, no, that's that's just, that's how he walks. He's just that intense when he gets to the ring. And um, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, he's he's intense. Let's throw it right back at him. Um, by the time we got to the second one, it was, I was, uh, I was comfortable with him and really enjoyed the match really enjoyed the story we told uh, i think it, it, there was some really interesting spots in it i love when i can do something that will uh, catch some of the boys off guard yeah and will catch some of the other people off guard um and yeah doing that that moonsault spot and having some of the trainees like oh my god is he okay like are you all right like the did you really hurt them? Like, how's your knee? Okay. Like, okay, we got him. But, um, yeah, the biggest thing about that match, and again, it's it's probably, I've said it before, so it's not it's not fresh news, but, like, it's still peeling back the court a little bit. But after the match, we had said, oh, we were supposed to do uh, a promo immediately after the match. So, Arthur, I'm coming back through the court now, having won and lost the belt. I was supposed to come back through the court and the camera was going to follow me all the way to the dressing room and I was going to just fucking start freaking out. I don't think that that footage has ever made it anywhere because uh, when I got back through the court, all the boys and girls, all, all, the, all the, the workers were backstage giving me the, like, doing a round of applause. I was like, oh shit. She usually... Uh, Usually it doesn't happen until there's a like until there's a proper title switch. And although there was two title switches in that match, um, yeah, it's usually it's reserved for like a big kind of um, a big title switch. So like that was really kind of, and I got a few messages off them then over the next couple of days saying like, Jesus man, that was that was one of the better matches I've seen now in a while. So yeah, really kind of really kind of blew my mind that like everybody thought it was that good and uh yeah like i prefer that out of the out of the series of matches that i did like again like i said it's it's one of your favorite matches ever but like mm-hmm. it's out of the whole series as far as an in-ring thing that's probably my favorite but then going to the basketball arena again and having that like the big sean ryan promo for the, the the next singles match with him was a uh, wrestlerama That was, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty special. Like getting that big introduction, getting the big entrance, um, and then the surprise of him having Vicky with him as well. Like, yeah, um, and again, like just bringing that intensity right back to him. Like when, like I rewatched that match a while ago, and uh, like the whole thing is just like it's straight from from the fourth bell it's just like boom 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 we're just fucking just at each other the whole time like there's there's no real stop in motion with it so like i was i really really like that but yeah if i had to pick it would be the one from contenders from a fan perspective just going back to that restaurant match from a fan perspective and from talking to other people as well that was one of the biggest most hyped matches of the night that everyone wanted to see and I think everyone expected it to be your night as well. And yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we have to course joke about here for a second for for not putting that strap on you because everybody expected you to walk out there as the champ that night. Everybody. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing with Joe as well. Like you, you kind of you never know until the day. Like, um, like even back to the the NLW tournament final. Um, I think everybody was going in expecting. Okay, well, Scotty's going over in this one. Scotty's winning this one, and it wasn't until we got there on the day that we kind of find, found out. Um, and that that was. Uh, yeah, that took that took me back. That took me back. Uh, I think it, it it took Scotty back a little bit, but like Scotty was like he was like, okay, grand, we'll come back to it another time. And lo and behold, here he is. Scotty is the current NLW. So like, yeah, I think as as Joe put it at the time, it was just like, look, if we don't pull the trigger and touch our nail. We never will. Like this is at the time. This is as hot as he's, as like he's ever been. So like, like Scotty. Scotty was probably can... what, twelve at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, like Scotty had like he had the world of, like he had the, yeah. all the the world in front of him. Like so, he was gonna get another opportunity. So it wasn't um Yeah, it, he yeah they. If like like as Joe said, like if he didn't if he didn't pull the trigger on me, then he he never would have. So as good a time as any. Sorry, just coming out of restaurant trade. This is something that's always played on on my mind and a lot of others. So you had that match with Haskins at restaurant trade. Vicky mm-hmm. practically cost you the match. Uh-huh. Um, you and Linda got pregnant not long after that. Yeah. But the yeah. speculation is that Linda was to get involved somewhere along the along the line after that. Is is can you confirm or deny any of this? I I I haven't heard anything. Like it was definitely something that that me and Linda would talk about when she'd have a few on her and she's just like, "Is it? I'm gonna make it happen." Um, she was actually we we kept it we kept it quiet, but she was actually she was pregnant at the time. Okay. Uh, of the the Rama tree match, um, we knew, but we didn't. We did that whole like, I'll wait until twelve weeks before you announce anything. So, and um, we like we hadn't told family or anything, so we weren't gonna tell. We we're gonna let everybody know, but uh, yeah, we were um, barely disappointed. Uh, Linda was was very disappointed because she had no idea that that Vicky was gonna be there. And uh, she shows up, and Linda's sitting in the crowd. She's going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, she were she was uh, she was not happy. <laughs> um, the amount of stuff that I saw know, on social media though after that, looking for yeah. uh, Linda and Vicky match after for the, <laughs> for the next show, not not even a, a mixed tag or anything, just a straight up. Yeah, role. it was just uh, yeah, just like Linda, just like storming out of the out of the stands and just like tackling her <laughs> and i'm here to see it and i think a lot of other people would have, would have liked to see that as well <laughs> i reckon she takes it as well yeah <laughs> so, darker, isn't it? <laughs> so now, now that we're talking about family and anyway obviously you have linda and you have two kids you have um mm-hmm. orla and eva eva yeah so 
Linda's obviously senior wrestle as we've spoke mm-hmm. about contenders 14 where I thought she was yeah. just a crazy <laughs> mark. Um, has Orla senior wrestle? She has, yeah. Uh, she's she likes wrestling, but she's not mad about uh, being at shows just because of the noise. Yeah, uh, she's got like she's fucking freaked out by noise. Like she like covers her ears and jumps onto the ground when she hears a scrambler going past her, oh, yeah. which is unfortunately a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, she she's not really mad about the noise and the noise of the ring. Like when she's there. Maybe after like two matches or something, she'll start kind of she'll warm up to it a little bit. But um, she was at one of the skilled shows that I was wrestling on, and um, she yeah she seemed to really like it. She's she's grand. She has people there with her as well, so she has a little friends. Um, my best mate, his son, is always at the contender shows. Um, he's a uh, he's. Little young player, he has Down syndrome, but he's always, always there. Half the times he's dressed up as me. He's like, an absolute legend. I've seen him at. He is indeed. Little Jackson, amazing. He is. I've uh, seen him on social media as well, doing all his moves. <laughs> absolute legend. Uh, and yeah, he's uh, he's he's my uh, he's my biggest fan. Sorry, Deco, but he is. He is my biggest fan. Um, yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a. He's a lovely little kid, um, but yeah, like him and him and Orla are close. So like, if he's there, uh, and Orla's there, then she's no bother. She'll just like she'll zone out the the ring and she'll just play with Jackson. But like, I don't think he really likes that. He's like oh, paying attention. <laughs> yeah, Blair in the ring. <laughs> so what's she like then when you're actually wrestling? Um, I. I think she's okay with it. Like I, I've had to kind of, I've had to her up a little bit. Yeah, just that. Like I know, look, Daddy's not really getting hurt. Like, because uh, uh, I've had to smarten her up because she went to a couple of the, a couple of the old mainstay shows, and um, she, as much as she liked me, because I'm her daddy, she was just like Terry Hill Martina. She's like she wrestles in her jammies. I love her. So um, when she like me and uh, I had to wrestle Martina a couple of times last year, and she just like lost the plot with me. Just like, no, you you can't bash Martina. She's my favorite. Like, daddy, you better not win. I was like, all right, fine. And like even like even some of the matches where I won, I was just like, oh no, daddy didn't win. Daddy didn't win. Sorry, don't worry about it. Jeez, that's terrible. Blood's obviously not taking yeah. a water there at all. <laughs> not when it comes to not when it comes to Martina. And anyway, nope. So she's she's okay seeing you in in a ring environment. And anyway, she doesn't get worried yeah. worried to it an awful extent or anything because that's that's no. something that no. like that would be my worry if like I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes that if yeah. it was my child on the outside watching me, I'd be worried that they'd be worried. You get me? Yeah. I think that's 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 why I I felt the need to smarten her up as well. Just like and like I'd be playing with her in the sitting room and stuff like that, and doing like little wrestling moves, dropping big elbows and stuff like that. Like she knows I'm playing with her, but like I tell her, I do tell her that like you know sometimes people do get hurt, so make sure you don't do this to everybody. Like don't go into your skill tomorrow and like grab, you know, Dylan in a headlock or something like that, or like super kick 
you know, the little young one. Um, yeah, you don't want to be getting yeah, phone calls. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I've had this Martin up a little bit, but just let her know that it's still it's still dangerous. Um, so yeah, Linda, on the other hand, like she gets. She just get worried about me sometimes. That's what I was just about to ask about Linda. Obviously, yeah. we know she's a huge mark, and she doesn't really show it when she's there. <laughs> but I'm presuming yeah, until she until she's had a few on her, and then it's just like, <laughs> 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 no, she um, no. Sometimes when when she like some of the times when she's found out about some of the people that I'm supposed to be walking, like when she's finding out about me going against uh, Eddie Kingston, and she's just like, no. No, no, I'll, I'll ring Joe right now and I'll tell him, like, you're not allowed. Like, this guy will murder you. How was she about your chest afterwards? She gave out to you? Ah, she, she's, gotten, she's gotten used to it now. She just kind of, at this point, she just kind of shakes her head and she's like, fucking idiot. That was a bad one, though. <laughs> like, we've seen people getting some really bad chops, but that was a really, really bad one. The pictures that you put up afterwards, I took a couple myself. Mm when you were in the ring and then I seen yours from afterwards and I yeah. couldn't help but wince when I was looking at them. Yeah, I think um, in some ways probably the target was a bad idea. <laughs> Not just because it, like, it just like angered the ball around, but like I think because I had a red target, um, it just, it interfered with the chops. Like it would have looked so much more vicious if there wasn't a load of paint all over me as well. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Ah, uh, sure. Like it was, it was a good, it was a nice little visual for the you. The target know. had had a great effect. That's what I was gonna say. A great visual. Yeah. It it did kind of say like, "Fuck you, Eddie." I'm yeah. here and this me chest. You want to come and get it? Yeah. Which is very. That's, that's uh, Was that was that your idea? I, yeah, yeah. I um, I really wanted to. Uh, I really wish I had a thought of it beforehand, but I was like. It was only in the week after. I was like, "Holy shit! I should have changed my music as well to like hit me with your best shot and stuff like that." <laughs> that <laughs> would up, yeah. But um, yeah. Now I I I wanted to do something because at the uh, homecoming I'd come out with the with the dragon mask because that was part of the promo. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to. It was another big stadium show, and it was my first time in Nash in the national stadium. So I was like, well, I got to do something interesting for the entrance, and you know. The Kings have already booked the fire dancers, so I guess I'll have to do something else. So it's just like, yeah, Grant, Grant, target. It'd be, be interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't think Eddie had seen it until we got out. And he was just like, oh, oh that's cute. I'm going to like you to fuck up. And that's cute. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you like that one now, all right, when he's seen it. Mm. So take take me back a little bit then. In your, in your kind of career would you say that you have a big kind of wrestling influence that spurs you on? Um, Is there any one or anything that would kind of drive you that you kind of draw back on? I don't know. Like, as far as wrestlers go, like, early influences, like, I was a, I was a massive fan of Ultimate Warrior when I grew up, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't exactly wrestle his style to say the very least um but yeah like growing up i started seeing guys like um like x-pac and sean like sean michaels sean michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time but like in the early days when i saw someone like um like one two three kid it was just like okay this this almost looks plausible now 
that's when I started developing ideas about like, Jesus, like he's a small lad. Now, Sean Waltman is like 6'1", and he's way over 200 pounds. So like, he's not a small lad. Yeah. But like, back then when he's, when he's standing next to Razor Ramon and all, like he's like, he's fucking tiny. Yeah. Um, when I saw him, because I was big into into all the action movies and stuff, and Van Damme and Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that, so I was, I was like, okay, like he's small, he does high flying stuff, but he also does like uh, martial arts and karate, as I called it then. So like it was just like, okay, like this, yeah, this is something, this is something I'm, I'm interested in. This is something that I, I could maybe do at some point. So he was he was an early influence for me. And then the more and more I watched uh, Shawn Michaels, particularly in his second run when he came back, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, okay, he's, he, this guy is the greatest wrestler on the planet. Um, so as far like he's influential in that sense. Um, as far as like kind of more uh, closer to home influences, I'd say someone like Paddy Morrow. Mm-hmm. Um, my the very first, uh, the very first independent Irish wrestling show. I went to see was an NWA Ireland show and uh, Paddy was in the main event and that was 2004 so like I've been watching Paddy for that long and yeah he's a he was a ma- massive kind of massive influence on me back then and still is a lot today as well mm-hmm. do you think he's underrated um not by not by any of the, any of the workers. I think everybody that's that's uh, ever wrestled in Ireland knows exactly how good Paddy Morrow is. I think uh, because I think he's just he's flown under the radar a lot, um, and because he does so much uh, so much comedy stick with uh, with the lads uh, as part of the lads from the flats. He did that for so long, and Paddy is just a naturally kind of goofy, funny bloke. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just a naturally goofy, funny bloke that uh, it's sometimes it might be hard for for some fans to kind of take him seriously. But, like, when it gets down to it, Paddy is one of the absolute best in-ring that this country has ever produced. And, um, obviously, the fact he's that getting as well that, Sorry, go on ahead. Just that um, he's one of the... He's one of the trainers now with the the skill with the skill of Irish wrestling as well, and I think that's it's so beneficial for anybody that does train with him because he's just got he's just got a mountain of knowledge like under his belt, like he really really does, and he's he's so he's so willing to to dish out some of that as well. Like he's like if, if anyone like he's not one of those that like he'll just throw his oar in where it's not wanted. Mm-hmm. Like if someone asks, he's well. Here's what I think you did great. Uh, maybe walk on these bits. Like he's real, real fucking easy to talk to, mm-hmm. and he's very, very, very willing to 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 give out advice. Yeah, his name so, like, keeps coming up on these shows. You, you, I mm. think everyone who's been on has mentioned his name at this point, and how good he actually is. And from my perspective, you can see that. But then you, mm. you look back through his not maybe not looking back through his career. I'm not trying to diminish him here now in any way, shape, or form. Mm. But you look back and he's he's never hit the the pinnacle of kind of like even if you look at OTT, he's he hasn't hit that pinnacle. 
And it's only yeah. now that he's starting to look like he's kind of getting that that little push then up there. And I, I think, think that's it as well. Like, that he's, he's deserving of it. I think that's that's the thing as well with Paddy is because a lot of his career took place kind of before OTT and kind of outside of OTT for a while. Um, and because OTT is so big that it's it's what everyone noticed. Like it's the first thing when you when you talk about Irish wrestling, you yeah. will you will go to to OTT, and you know you look through the back catalogue and like you said, it's only now that. He's getting kind of a singles uh, singles run over, um, but like it's it's everything that he's done before and in like camp shows and uh, wrestling.ie shows and like all, all the everything he did with NWI Ireland and yeah. like you need you need kind of look no further when you when you've got people like um, Fergal, uh, like Finn Balor and Becky Lynch put over Paddy Morrow as well. Um, and that's that's saying enough if like they're at the top of their game and they still go, well, yeah, Paddy Morrow, he's one of the he's one of the best. So obviously you mentioned the X Pactor. That's something that I wanted mm-hmm. to draw back on. You said that he was one of your big influences. I presume that you were at um WrestleCon when he was over. I wasn't. I was snapping. That I wasn't able to make it. I was absolutely snapping when I wasn't able to. Um, yeah, I would have loved it just, just even to to say that I was there and that I met. But like, yeah, I was a, uh, yeah, I was raging that I wasn't able to make it. But then, that's unfortunate. Did you go to see Sean when he was over with ITR? I, I didn't. No, no. Uh, I don't. I don't tend to get out a lot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell Linda to get your stuff for your for your birthday and Christmas presents. <laughs> so they bring over a lot of a lot of big names. Ott. Mm. Oh, this is what I was going to ask you about X Pac, but obviously you didn't see him. But they bring over a lot yeah. of big names. Have you ever been starstruck by any of them? Um, not necessarily. I don't. I don't think I've ever been starstruck in that sense. Um, I've been intimidated by by some of these guys. Um, yeah, like. Walter has he's got like a like a just a, a scary presence when he's around like when he walks in and, and he's just he constantly staring faced and he just looks serious all the time uh, it's like Shit, how do I even approach this <laughs> hello how are you <laughs> what's the story man um, just but uh, yeah he's very he's he's there's an an intimidation factor with him. Um, I felt that way with Tim Thatcher as well until I actually spoke to him, and then he's like, he's just the soundest gentleman, and he's like, he's just the nicest bloke. Um, uh, the same then with Eddie Kingston as well. Like, like his kind of, he has that reputation of just being like the hardest man in the room. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely bang on. Uh, I heard he's very really, forthcoming really, with advice and stuff like that as well. Very, he's just very, very, very open about everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He he's always he's got an opinion, but only if you ask him. Like he he'll give you his opinion if if you want it. If you don't want it, then you know, fuck you. But <laughs> nah, he was um he was absolutely bang on, and like he was just 
again, one of those kind of expectation and reality. I was expecting to be like really kind of nervous around them or whatever. But then once I once I spoke to him, then it was like, oh shit! Like he's like he's just he's bang on. Like there's I've, I've no reason to be to be wary or to be nervous around him at all. Like he's just gonna he's gonna be an absolute professional. Like like not that I thought he wasn't gonna be a professional because like, it's Eddie fucking Kingston here. Yeah. Like just um. I just felt like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna hold up with him? And yeah, just he was fucking absolutely bang on. Gave me advice after the match. I I asked him like I went up and asked him like because I did an up like I don't know a Pele kick or something like that, and I thought I kicked him in the face, and I was just like, do you like did I did I catch it with that in there? Because I'm very I'm very wary like that. Like after we matches, I'll always make sure. Holy shit, I didn't like, I didn't stiff here. I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Just how was everything? Um, and I was just like, man, I didn't, I didn't catch it in the head with that. Like I'm really sorry. Like I just, I threw that. And he was just like, no man, no man, no, that's that's fine. Like that's that's absolutely fine. Like if, uh, it, look if if someone is is afraid to get hit, you know, there's the fucking door. So like he's just like. No, you you fucking hit me. You hit me because I want to be hit. Like I'm, I'm gonna hit you back. But like, you know, you make sure you hit me. Well, you, you gave you plenty of receipts that night, and anyway, even. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said that you asked Eddie. You asked Eddie a bit of advice. Is there anyone else that you've kind of hit up for advice? I've spoken to a couple of people. They said that obviously you wouldn't kind of like approach any of the imports and kind of be be passionate for any advice they're, they're mm. probably in they're probably on a very very tight schedule having a bit of food or whatever but the kind of people that you may have worked with or anything is there anyone who you kind of hit up um <clears throat> yeah like I, I'd, I'd i'd always ask people after matches and stuff like that was everything okay and then just have a have a quick yap with them um uh every now and then like occasionally like if uh if i can catch him in it like like the the thing with, Matt, with haskins i was talking about earlier mm-hmm. like, where we just like we get to shoot the shit and maybe slip in just like a couple of like here any ideas like for such and such but um before i got to before i got to work with with timothy thatcher a few months uh, a few months before that i think he was over i think it was him and walter against the kings uh, up north and I was wandering around backstage and he happened to be just sitting by himself and it'd be on me it'd been on my mind for a while to say this to uh <laughs> just kind of like address this this weird elephant in the room like mate sorry uh I've been I've been mooching off your name for for so for the past like four year, four or five years <laughs> and he just he just kind of looked at me he's just like I'm sorry you got stuck with it. And then just like, he sat down and just shot, uh, shot the shit down for like a half hour or so. And just like, he was giving me little, little bits of advice here and there. And because I'd noticed he'd been out in the rain, he'd been out um, watching me match during, during the show. So I was like, okay, well, this is this is a perfect opportunity then. Like, did you see anything out there? And he was giving me little bits here and there. Um, he has a he has a very unique approach to to professional wrestling as well. So, like, he's a he's yeah very interesting human being. But like again, one of the one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. Do you think he'll go far now in his new role? Oh, uh, I hope so. 
Just sweat out if, sweat out if, you know, they know what to do with him. Yeah. You've well, been in the ring with him. Yeah, no, he's... Yeah. From yeah. an in-rim perspective? A, oh, yeah, he's... A, <laughs> he, he, he can do it all, except... Not that he can't. He just chooses not to hit the ropes, ever. Or, like... Yeah, that, maybe that might hold him back. But, like, <laughs> that's just a philosophy thing. Just like why 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 would I hit the ropes? Why would I why would I hit the ropes and come back? Why would I bounce off of it? They're not made of they're not made of rubber. He Can't has really he's fault them based on his style yeah, like, as well. Exactly. Like, he's, got, works, yeah. but he's, he's, he's got the logic to back it up as well. It's like don't 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 question things. <laughs> don't don't pull on that tread. It's gonna totally rip the whole jumper. <laughs> Sorry, I asked you about advice. What what would you say would be kind of one piece of advice that has kind of stuck with you? Is there anyone from like a coach or anything or even anyone else that you've spoken to that you've been in matches with? Is there anything else that you kind of draw back on that you always kind of think, he told me that there and I've always mm. kind of followed that creed? Um. Oh, one kind of piece, but I know Joe is constantly telling me just to like stop, stop taking like those kind of bumps and stop taking so many chops. You got to think about tomorrow as well. Like it's all well and good that you can do this now, but like you know, you got to get up in the morning as well. So like, like he's giving me advice like that. Like, but I think that's more just kind of he's looking out for me. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I get it's. You know, a lot of the, uh, like a lot of the boys will say the same about like slowing down and stuff like that. And um, I've gotten that advice a few times, and I think I've I've utilised it of just slowing down. Um, I think back in back in the day, Chris Masters gave me a deadly little piece of advice as far as planning matches to always plan backwards. So if you have if you have an end in sight, if you have an ending to the match, then that's that's where you go with it. You go get your ending because that's that ideally that should be what people will remember. They remember who won and who lost and how it went down. And then plan backwards, plan how how the match should build to there. That should be your highest point. Everything else should kind of fall into place. So you've got your big point there, and you want to make a good force impression. So your entrance has to be important as well. Everything else that happens in the middle is just really nice decorations or your ending is is the most important part so um i always kind of try and stick with that if i'm if i'm planning matches and stuff like that and i use it as examples as well uh when i'm doing classes or teaching seminars or whatever that i use the example of game of thrones that game of thrones was one of the best tv shows ever Mm -hmm. and it would have went down as the best had it stuck the landing, yeah. but it didn't. And now everyone can only remember how shit that finish was. Mm-hmm. So if you take that into account, if you take that in when you're coming up with matches, if your finish sucks, then no one's going to remember how good the match was. Like you'll always, oh, great match, great match. Oh, if only it didn't end like that. Very, like sometimes you can get away with it. Some, sometimes you can get away with it. If the match quality, is like beyond exceptional mm-hmm. you can you can get away with a shit finish but like nine times out of ten people will will walk away from a bad finish and shit on the match absolutely 
and would there be any piece of advice then that's obviously what you'd say in your seminars and stuff which would be more for your your kind of already practicing wrestlers who are in training probably a fair bit is there any kind of bits of advice that you'd offer out to maybe anyone younger who would be looking to get into wrestling what advice would you pass on to them um i'd say the the biggest piece of advice is really just commitment like if you're going to if you're going to do this you do need a hundred percent commitment to it um i Obviously, when I started, uh, I I had everything to go. Like I had everything in front of me, and um, yeah, I just I kind of I let it slip a little bit. Um, <coughs> I wasn't really I wasn't really focused enough on the actual wrestling part. Um, like I, I was re- like like I was saying earlier, it was coming naturally to me. So I was uh, I was really enjoying it. Um, but like I had no responsibilities at the time. Obviously, I've got a five-year-old and a twelve-week-old now, and I've got a house to run and I've got bills to pay. So I um, I don't have that kind of freedom. But when you're getting in, when you, if you're getting in and you're like 16, 17, you've got all the freedom, all the choice, and uh, you just need to commit to it. Really, really commit to it. And that's not me making excuses around like for for me not doing anything that's just that that's the road that i took and i am 100 percent happy with where i am i've got my kids i've got my i've got my missus i've got everything in, everything in front of me at the minute but if you're coming in and you've got nothing in front of you unless that unless that's your life goal to have to settle down with a family if your life goal is to be uh like full-time professional wrestler then give everything you possibly can to it um by all means have a backup like have a good education have something to fall back on because you may or at least this might not last forever but like do commit 100 percent to it because if if you don't if you're not giving it your all then there's I don't know. If you if you're not giving it all, then you're not gonna get as much over as you as you can. Mm-hmm. Like, I had I had CT on the show there not too long ago, and I think you're you're saying exactly what he said. He says that wrestling will give you as much as you put into it. Exactly. And I think what you're trying to say is that if you give it your all, you're gonna reap the rewards of that. Yeah, which I think is is something that everyone seems to be seems to be following that kind of same line. It seems to be a common trend, and that's that sounds like a very solid piece of advice. So anyone listening who's thinking about getting into it, there you go, give go in and give it your mm. all. Lately, just like all the all the guys coming in, kind of seem to have that mentality. Like mm-hmm. you see, like Justin Daniels putting that little video up there the other day. Ridiculous. Uh, yesterday, or, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, like like sixteen, seventeen year old, and he's got like such a head in the shoulders. Most of the, most of the people coming in nowadays are, they seem like, the the crap that we have in now, they seem like they're lifers. Like they're mm-hmm. coming in, like this is gonna be what they're gonna do, for the rest of their foreseeable future. I think that's a whole culture shift though in the in the country as well 
like compared mm. to when the likes of when me and you were growing up I think mm. that the lifestyle seems to be different as well and they seem to be a bit more mature and have a better head on their shoulders I think you probably grew up around the same time that I did we, we grew up in a drinking culture yeah uh, which was and I think I think it's, yeah I think that's that's the thing as well like it's um it's not even so much like a like on a maturity level I think it's 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 everybody nowadays seems to be career focused mm-hmm. they have like they have that career in mind like when I was when I was coming up yeah I wanted to be a wrestler but I also needed to have money to be a wrestler so I needed to have a job and I just I kept putting that putting having a nine to five and having money over putting the effort into into being wrestling that's all on me like that's that's my own fucking laziness like has has got me in that position but like again not complaining because of yeah because of where i am i've got two beautiful daughters that like yeah I, that's that's my commitment i'm 100 percent committed to them but like if like i said be 100 percent committed to wrestling if that's what you want to do harry how who would you say would be your best friends in wrestling who was part of your little clique um see it, it's kind of weird to say because um generally speaking i'm actually kind of like socially awkward so i don't i'm not really in in any sort of cliques around like I have, I have a couple of a couple of mates that like like I'd I'd get along with everybody but mm-hmm. yeah there'd be a few that I'd I'd probably lean a little closer to like um there's Ballymon Browser is mm-hmm. he's one of my mates and we've been mates for a very long time uh, just from back in the IWW days uh, I don't see him as often because he's he's not He's not really taken all that many bookings, or at least he wasn't before, you know, the world fell apart. But um yeah, like yeah, when we'd be walking Phoenix shows together, we'd yeah, we'd always uh we'd always butt off each other. Um yeah, uh Fran, actually, Frankie, uh Frankie Phoenix, he's uh, he's a good mate of mine. Uh we get along pretty well. Uh, I get along really well with um Danny Cross as well. Uh, get along with him pretty well. And um, Fabulous Nicky as well. Uh, just because we, we go, uh, same again, we just, we go back a little bit. He was in, he was in DCW for a little bit and then through main stage and through OTT. Always gotten along with him really well. I've always really rated him as well. Uh, I think he's, he's one of those, like he's always, always good to have on a show. Because he can kind of, you can throw him anywhere, and he'll he'll walk for you. He'll do anything for you. Thing, uh, obviously, Niall, uh, Niall Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, regardless of whether he wants to admit it or not, like he wants to admit it publicly, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's we're brother-in-law, sort of, sort of brothers-in-law. That uh, like he refuses to admit, because uh, I don't know, he wants to keep some sort of a, a kayfabe around it, but yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Like, yeah, well, you know what, when, yeah, when I'm riding his sister, then he can say what he wants about me, so, like. <laughs> will he ever, um, will he ever get his OTT match? 
<laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I've actually I've pitched that a few times. Uh, just like, let me let me have a match with Niall. Just, um, yeah, Joe, shot it down every time. Just like, absolutely not. Can't have me referee going out bashing me lads. It's just, <laughs> yeah, doesn't work. In fairness to him, some of the stuff that he's doing lately and some of the bumps that he's taking are unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems to be stepping his game up when it comes to actual bumping and action in ring. That he's, he's, it looks like he's trying to push the boundaries a bit more to say, hey, Joe, <laughs> get, give me this yeah. match here. Like, uh, it's it's it is a shame because like back in the day when he was working, Niall was uh, mm-hmm. he was he was he was always he was always a good solid hand to have in there. Um, just uh, he happened to be just really good at being a referee. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I get I get what I get what he means. Like, because I I used to do a lot of refereeing in IWW, and you know I'd I'd be in that same kind of position where it's like. Um, just a ref, but like, you know, he's foxy as well. Like, he's an actual, like, he's a character on the show, like, and an integral part of the show. Mm-hmm. And like, he is one of the hardest working people uh, in OTT because he is out there from start to finish. And like, you know, he's he's working ju- like almost as hard, like just as hard as as the boys are. Way of keeping up with everything, and he's got to remember everything, and he's got to keep times in check, and he's got to—he's got so much going on. He really is one of the hardest working guys in the company. Um, but yeah, you—you'll you, always get that itch, though. Of yeah, but I really wish I could. Uh, I really wish I could get in there and do some moves. I really wish I could get in there and have a match. But um, nah, I love Foxy. I do like he's my mate and. Aside from me, mate, yeah, he's the yeah father of my nieces, of my niece and nephew. So like, I kind of have to love him anyway. So like, for, <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't hurt that. Like we, yeah, we get along. Yeah, no, he is absolutely amazing, and like we'd love to see a match with him, but I don't think he should be feeling away. If he does, and I'm not saying that he does, but if he does have the the feeling that. Oh, I'm just a ref, and I I want to be a performer more. So he's not just a ref, as you said. He's yeah. And he's anything but just a ref. Foxy is, as you said, he's in there from start to finish. He's part of every aspect of that show. And me and other fans absolutely adore him in there. And he is mm-hmm. one of the biggest and best characters in OTT. Yeah. And like as I said, he was the stuff a... that he's doing is ridiculous. Like he's he's doing mm. dives and battering everyone at the moment so <laughs> well like he was he was an integral part of the whole like the Devlin star Walter the whole story yeah. like when it started getting into those those last few matches and like mm-hmm. Foxy's interventions in it where they were pivotal points on, on the matches yeah. so like he, he is he's an integral part to every show and he was an integral part to that to that whole story I just don't get why the Japanese wrestlers all want to kill him. Like it just seems to be something about the Japanese wrestlers. They all like have this this grudge against them. Like I've never seen. I think it's because I, I think that. it's because he he get, it gets a pop. You turn around a point at him, and everyone goes oh. <laughs> And the uh, and the Japanese lad smartened up when they're coming in, like they, they have a have a pop up when they get out there. Uh. 
you mentioned Fran there a little while ago as well, and Fran was was on the show. He was on the previous episode, and one of the things that he actually said was that he'd he'd love to tag with you. He's putting his mm. his mind back on doing doing this full time again. Obviously, we're we're in lockdown at the moment, but when he gets back, he's been training really hard especially over the last year to get back and fit and get in the ring and that's one of the things that he said was that when he comes back one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to tag with Terry Thatcher yeah no I'd love it because um we did we briefly did a run in main stage where um we we were kind of I guess we were brothers (laughs) it was never really it was never really made clear but like he came out in the skinny jeans and the converse and the the cut off sleeveless uh, sleeveless hoodie, and um, we both had kind of similar hair at the time, um, and just decided, fuck it, we'll just we'll, we'll be the uh, the Thatcher brothers, and um, yeah, we've just we've ran with it since. Like we we'll always we'll often have little uh, little back and forths on Twitter, where we're just you know, I'm telling your man you, and he's like I'm telling your man you. Um, but yeah, we'll just we'll have little back and forths and stuff like that. But um, I really get I really get along with Fran. Um, I do like he he has he has had to to take a bit of time off here and there, um, just see he, he got a pretty bad concussion. Um, I think it was about a year and a half ago, and uh, it took him a while to really kind of shake that off. But I would I'd love I'd love to see him. Uh, I'd love to see him more often. Um down at the skills and stuff and uh and to start getting back on shows like i know we started to walk the titanic shows before everything went uh went tits up but like he um yeah he started walking some of some of their shows and hopefully in time you can start getting back on contenders and then see where we go from there be great to see him at the very least at the very least when when everything's back up and running and we get uh, we get a gym again we get a new a new home for the skill uh you can get onto the uh the skill shows hopefully so you've obviously been on the road a fair bit or you've been around the around the block you've wrestled all over the country and anyway um do you have any fun stories that you could tell me that aren't gonna <laughs> get you in trouble uh I don't know. <laughs> nah, there's a few, but I, yeah, I definitely get into trouble for some of them, <laughs> or get other people into trouble. Um, I don't know. Like, I've had a few decent nights out. Like, but like most of them, are, they at least start as decent nights out, and then I can't remember <laughs> some of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in the day. Um, I don't know. I've I've not really got any mad like there's no mad kind of ribbon stories or anything like um there's no I don't know. Um Jesus, you think I would, you think I'd have something. <laughs> um that that's one of the main reasons why I want to get Paddy Morrow on the show as well, because I know he has a yes. load of them and he's told yes, he me does. a couple when we've when we've bumped into each other. He, um <laughs> but He's actually said no to doing the show because he's worried that he won't put people over and stuff like that. And he doesn't like doing podcasts, he said, which is yeah. perfectly understandable, but I'm still going to hound them to come on. And <laughs> if anyone's listening, please tweet Paddy and just let him know that we want them on the show. 
But yeah, he's he's, oh, he's, yeah. Tor- he's torn me down politely. But um, yeah. yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I want him on because one is wealth of knowledge as well. But yeah. I know he has a bag full of amazing <laughs> stories from the road. Like you see yeah. the stuff that he's putting up on Instagram and stuff from back <laughs> in 2008 and the people who he's been with. Yeah. I think he did. Um, him and Max are recreated the the barbershop window. Yeah, the, the barbershop. Oh my god! Every every time it comes back up, I piss myself laughing. Of just the uh, because no one's expecting it, and he just like dives through the window, <laughs> and they've got Marty with them and all. If that's one of the things that he can put up on Instagram, then I'm <laughs> sure he has a load more that are probably a little bit worse that he could tell on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. Like the thing. About Paddy as well, like he's he's another one of those that like he'd be he'd be one of the one of the few that I I I'd, I'd like consider like a mate like I I would love to to get along with outside of wrestling as well mm-hmm. like I'd I'd, uh, I'd I'd really like that like I think the missus might be trying to organize some sort of double date with him and his missus so like um but yeah like I, I really get along I really do get along with Paddy whenever I'm around him um. But yeah, he would. Uh, I shared a, I shared a car journey with him down to Limerick for one of the shows, and it was just it was like the whole the whole ride down. He was just like, this happened, but hey lads, don't say word. Right? <laughs> this happened. <laughs> uh, he's he's probably told everyone yeah. those stories and told them not to tell it, not to say a word as well. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone probably knows. <laughs> I know he's an absolute yeah. legend, Paddy. And again, if you if you're watching this or listening to this, tweet Paddy, get him onto the show. <laughs> so anyway, if we're looking at your wrestling career, so looking forward then. So this is a bit of a tinker. Mm-hmm. So where do you see yourself going short term? So let's say the next year or two, where do we see Terry Thatcher going? Um I would like I'd like to do as many OTTs. I'd like to stick with OTT as much as possible and um to uh to kind of get on these um these like the stadium shows and have have I'd have a I'd love to have like a big match. Like I loved working with Eddie Kingston um at the at the stadium show uh at the fifth anniversary. Uh I love doing that. It was it was excellent being in the ring. It was a personal thing uh, for me, but I think on the on the broad scale of things, it was it was another match on the undercard. It wasn't wasn't a necessarily important match. Like it was a personal important match for me, but like again on a grand scheme, it wasn't. Uh, people weren't exactly paying to see that match. They might have been paying to see to see Eddie because like they hadn't seen him in ages. But like mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a majorly high profile match. Like again, not that I didn't appreciate the opportunity. But I'd love to have like a big like like the Haskins field. Mm-hmm. I would love for that to culminate in a big match at the stadium. Um I'd also I'd love to to get another another crack at a title. Um um, maybe even do, maybe might might do some tags as well. Like I wouldn't mind trying out some some tags because I've been doing singles for a while. Um, and yeah, who knows? After this is all over, maybe maybe have something new, have some 
some sort of a new challenge to do. Uh, well, you're actually yeah, you're um, six you're six and zero in your last six matches. In o. Yeah, actually, that that's that's so, a weird one. That um, like you're on you're on a bit of a a bit of a, a streak here at the yeah, moment. Like, a bit of a hot you, streak. You you won that five way. Uh, our space odyssey which was mm. stacked so like that's huge yeah. you came over eddie kingston tim thatcher like there's some, yeah. some pretty big names in there that that you're being put over um yeah that that was the thing as well like um i was on this big run right up until december and then i Got on the job when I made the decision to, I was going to take the next few shows off because uh, the the pregnancy was getting pretty bad at that point. Um, Lynn was having a lot of trouble getting around and just not, um, yeah, just it, it wasn't it wasn't a good time for her. So I said, well, look, me traveling off the shows and stuff like that is probably, it, it, it wouldn't be the best because we weren't sure whether she was going to go early, whether she was going to go on time or or whatever like that. So I ended up taking a couple of months off, which happened to be the worst possible time <laughs> to, to take to take a few months off because um, not only was I on this this uh, this big roll, um, then OTT had like three shows within the space uh, three or four shows within the space of two months and not only that phoenix had uh, phoenix restaurant had a couple of shows lined up as well mm-hmm. um some of which like i had to be at one if i was going to be at the other because they had a tournament set up um but yeah lo and behold no fucking world goes to shit anyway so like yeah i guess it didn't it didn't mean that in the long run but um Still though, I missed out on a few paydays. I missed out on a few opportunities there. But again, I was needed at home, so had to do what I have to do. Absolutely, that makes sense. But you're still coming out of this on a purple patch, so I hmm. presume the fans are expecting you to when this is all over and you do come back. The fans remember that you're after winning that five way. They're after they'll remember that you came over. Thatcher and Kingston and mm. you said that you wanted to maybe go for a title is there any particular title that you'd have your eyes set on at the minute well I'm trying to go into the universe but like technically I did never receive a rematch after losing the NLW title so uh, you know if anyone's listening just wouldn't mind cashing that in some point but uh, I think first and foremost competition in that division at the moment as well mm. and I think a lot of amazing matches that could be set up yeah, you go down that yeah. Road. I wouldn't mind going one more round with Scotty because uh, we've got one each so wouldn't mind uh, putting that to bed but mm-hmm. geez, have a, have, having a one on one with, with someone like Amari like, that would be that would be interesting just because the fucking size of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like I've I've seen I've seen Callum, seen what Callum's been doing, and like he's he's hovering around that scene as well. So, um, yeah, I'd love to get get in the ring with Callum because uh, we we had something going there for a while. 
um, towards the end of last year, we had a bit of a bit of a thing. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it never really got resolved. Well, let's see, let's see where it goes. But yeah, I'd love to get back in the ring with Callum. Um, but in saying that, there's also you know there's the GN, uh, which I think is kind of becoming a, a Belfast exclusive. But I'd love to get in get get on that. Um, because I'd love to get Max in the ring mm-hmm. and uh, have a knock. Well, I think before I before I kind of focus on any uh, any championships, like there is there's the Haskins issue. It still needs to be put to bed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still. I think there's 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 a clamoring out there for that to be finished, and. Um, I don't think it's finished yet. I'd love, I'd love uh, maybe one more go, one more go for me and Haskins. Well, Haskins is also looking at that GN title that he lost to Flex, mm. and says that his issue wasn't over with that either. So maybe potentially a number one contenders match to finish it off. Yeah. Because that's it, like, uh, the whole thing started was because I wanted a belt, but, like, yeah, it got a bit, it, yeah, it got a bit more personal after that, so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, regardless of whether it's a belt on, a belt on the line, an opportunity on the line, I'd still, yeah, I'd still, I think I owe, I owe Haskins something. I owe him one. Absolutely. So, take me then into your long term. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years in wrestling? Uh, training. I'd love to, I'd love to start um, getting into like the Paddy Mora role of, uh, of teaching classes. Um, <clears throat> I, would mind, I wouldn't mind dipping my toe in the UK scene like when this is all over, but like, uh, it, it all depends. It all depends on, on whether on my availability uh, on whether I can actually travel, and um, well, yeah, I think overall I'd like to to have a full time training position where I'm teaching classes, where I'm competently teaching classes as well. Because I was doing, I was teaching classes for a bit in main stage, where I'd be just taking the Sunday class, and you get like five or six people maybe showing up, and um, like it was grand. Like I had a good. Like that's where Danny Cross was starting. He was starting on the weekends. He was starting on Saturdays and Sundays. And I got a, I got an early early with him, and I got an early with uh, Daryl Lynch, one of the, um, the lads from uh, Kelly August Lynch. I got yeah, I got in early with them, and I got to do a little bit of training at the at the kind of ground level with them. But um, it was a bit inconsistent with with the classes because some weeks it'd be on and some weeks it wouldn't. Uh, so I couldn't really get into a groove of um, of what I was teaching. Like I couldn't really get into, um, yeah, in, I couldn't really get any sort of momentum away. Like, well, we picked this up from last week because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the class might not have been on the week before. Um, so yeah, it it was all right, and plus at that point, main stage was uh, wasn't in the best of shape. Like the ring was kind of 
was kind of falling apart and we'd get there some weeks and the whole ring would have to be put back together and stuff like that. So we weren't really getting a lot out of it, but I would. I'd love a few years down the line when I'm when I'm I'm confident enough in in my own ability, but like it's it's uh it's passing that knowledge then on is trying to is it's a lot harder than than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go in and just like, okay, we'll do this, do this, do this, and then two hours are up, and I've only made it through like two of the two of the topics that I wanted to do, and uh, just because I'm I'm a stickler for detail, so I will kind of go over intricate parts mm-hmm. that might not seem important but like hopefully somewhere down the line they'll the the trainees will remember but like unfortunately because i take so much time on on certain things i don't get enough done in the the space of time that i have so i just i'd I'd like to to really give that a give that a proper bash give the the training aspect a a real uh, proper go and see what i can do I'm sure the trainees would really appreciate it as well. Like you do have a, a massive wealth of knowledge there and a big um, career that you've come through that you can pass on that that information. Obviously, if you can get your time management sorted, which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, that that's um, that's obviously something to look out for down the line then as well for any trainees. Um, classes with Terry Thatcher and. Just give mm. the worst lesson possibly. Yeah, hopefully. Or get some more seminars down there on Cork as well. So what I have here now is I have a few fan questions that I threw out on social media earlier on today and I threw it up in mm-hmm. the Facebook fans group a couple of days ago. Um I really dropped the ball on putting it up on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> until today. We got a few last minute questions in anyway, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um I'll just fire fire away with these. So we have Emily McCart on from the Facebook group asked, Were you pissed not winning the JN title from Haskins at the basketball arena show? The whole place was willing you to win and the crowd expected it to go that way. I'm assuming she means the one-on-one match rather than the triple threat match. Yeah. Um, we kind of touched on um, it a little bit earlier on. But yeah, we touched on it a little bit. No, not, not necessarily pissed. I mean, like, I was I was hoping, obviously, like, going in, and I think the build to it was angling towards I was, I was going to get the win. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think honestly, it was it was the surprise of 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 Vicky showing up on the day that just made us go, nah. You know what? I think there's there's more legs to this. Yeah. So let's uh, let's drag it out a bit more, a bit longer. Now we dragged. I think we we ended up dragging it out too far, um, to the point where like it was like okay, well we'll settle it next month, and Haskins wasn't available or. Yeah. I wasn't available. Like I think we, I think the original idea was we we're gonna go to the fifth anniversary, mm-hmm. but um, ROH were running the tour at the same time, yeah. So he wasn't available, and obviously Martina wasn't wasn't there either. Um, so yeah, I, that was that was a bit of a bummer. But like again, I got the I got the wrestle Eddie Kingston instead. So like, not really a letdown. 
I just said there's probably still more legs in that as well and we're all yes. there for it like you're saying that was probably dragged out a bit I don't think so it's standing the test of time with me as I said I yes, got into this last February and the main kind of feud outside of the main event with like Jordan Starr and Walter mm. is Ewan Haskins and I, I certainly want to see it progress and as I said I want to see Linda and Vicky <laughs> she'd be delighted so uh, Declan Bourne um, uh. I think it's safe to say that Declan is now I don't know Linda like Linda marks out a bit at shows but I think Declan <laughs> had her pick for the number one fan here um, so Declan actually sent me on a few because I'll just let everyone know that you sent out a tweet saying, Deco, now is your chance to ask the questions that you wanted to ask. Yeah, yeah, because the last one, the last podcast I did, it was just like, he's been asking for like about a year and a half. It was like, when, when is someone going to get Terry Thatcher on a podcast? And then they'll finally get one, get a podcast. And uh, yeah, he, he, he had nothing to ask. He had no questions. He was like, let the side down here, Deco. <laughs> Now, I actually tagged him in the Facebook group when I put up about the questions, yeah. saying this one was right here. So, um, so he, he actually has four questions here, which will rattle him out. So, um, <laughs> so the first one was, how, how did you feel about OTT having the Rubber Bandits and Al Porter on a show? Do you feel it took away from you having a match on that show? Nah, uh, it, didn't, it didn't take away. Did you stop that? <laughs> Sorry. You're all right. Um, no, it didn't take away. Hi, Linda. Hi. Just saying, no. His cabinets look like your cabinets. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hello. Hi. Um. No, no, it didn't take away. Um. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, it was it was a kind of a comedy show anyway. So like, um, they it it helped that they were on it. Um, and plus I was at I wasn't really wasn't really at the position where I was getting like I was in high demand for bookings or anything at that point in OTT. Like I was um the skinhead thing hadn't really taken off um as well as as we would have liked for like absolutely not no like I wouldn't I wouldn't be put out by by people with some mainstream appeal coming yeah, onto the show. I think it also it drags drags the, the people in as well to, to kind of exactly, it yeah. builds up everyone. I think it goes back to the old mm-hmm. argument of uh, I think we had a lot of it last year in WWE where Ronda Rousey came in. I think it, it drags the eyes in and Brock brought well. a lot of casuals in, yeah. That's it. Like and at, at the end of the day it's gonna make it better for everybody in any way. Um even if it's just yeah. a sacrifice for one show, it's probably gonna make it better in the long run. Um, mm. So he asked then, is there any or celebrity that you would like to see at a show? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing the Rubber Bandits back on it, or um, or some more, or some more of the cast, like the the old cast of Flat of Ted and stuff like that. Like stuff that that Irish people can really can really get into. Like not just. Like you know, someone off a of fair city or or something like that. Or I know what he's angling for me to say. He's angling for me to say Leanne Kernan or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Nah. I. I again. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the rubber band that's back on. Uh, or just flying by by himself. Or like. Um, yeah. Or some more to cast of of Father Ted. 
yeah they definitely bring a different flavor to it as well and kind of lighten the mm. show up a bit for those certain certain aspects that they're on um so declan then goes on to ask what other sports do you watch beside wrestling uh, none really I don't, I don't really like i don't i don't watch an awful lot like i've been watching a lot of um of like i've been watching all the marvel movies over the past few weeks just in lockdown because i have disney plus and they're available now but um yeah, I don't really watch a lot of, uh, definitely not, like I wouldn't watch an awful lot of sport. I'd watch football with my dad if I'm down there. But um, yeah, that's about it. I think we know what really watch an awful lot of sport. I think we know what that goes Exactly. Here, so. <laughs> um, so it brings me to yeah, question four, um, which is, do you want to go to a Rovers game or an Irish women's game when the football comes back? As we know, he's a, he's a super yeah. huge Rovers fan. Irish women's international fan and Terry Thatcher mm. fan. I think out of three. Yeah. I don't know what order he's put them in now, but um... <laughs> uh, would I go? You know what? I, I, it'd make his little day, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose if I, if I'm free, sure. But uh, yeah, you know, kids and whatnot. <laughs> So our next question comes from Foxy, the one and only. Um, mm-hmm. He's asking, what are your top five video games? Top five video games. Um, I I don't play a lot anymore um, or at all anymore. So I'm like just old school games. So I don't know. Um, Resident Evil, BLG, um, bad dialogue and all. Um, see, Streets of Rage, Sonic, um, Sonic, sorry, Sonic Two. Um, I want to say Golden X. So just yeah, loads of old, like really fucking old <laughs> shit. Um, and yeah, solely just for nostalgia purposes, I'd say Attitude. It was a fucking terrible game, but I loved it when I was 12. <laughs> so we just say anything in the Sega Mega Drive era. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this this I didn't get when he asked because I'm, I'm not aware of it. So Angus McAnally Jr. said, um, <laughs> ask him about the chair shot from me at Fringe. And I'm presuming yeah. there's a story here, so I'd like to hear it. Yeah. Um, the early days of OTT, we ran, um, they ran our biggest show at the time was in the, um, as part of the Fringe Festival in, um, the Spiegel tent in, uh, in the middle of the city center. And this really cool, uh, this really cool premise for a show. And, um, I was tagging my Ballymun browser at the time, and we we didn't have a ma- we didn't have a match on the show. But like Joe asked us to do an angle where um, Rocky Mac was going to be kind of hosting the show with Ango, and Ango hadn't uh, he hadn't come on as a character yet or a commentator or mm-hmm. yeah, um, he was just a super uh, super fan that was there every month. Um, but he had connections with some of the people from um, from the the Fringe Festival, and uh, we ran this angle where 
Rocky's out there with Ango and then Bruiser comes out and interrupts them and I leg it in from behind and uh, jump Rocky. And me and Bruiser uh, hit Ango a few smacks as well. And then later on in the night, we come out, we're doing a run-in in on Danny Butler. And then on our way back, Ango and Rocky come out with chairs and hit us a couple of smacks. And we each take... Uh, stunners and take big bumps out of the ring and they all have a beer and whatnot so uh we kind of we tried to play into it a little bit when contender started and um yeah just uh angle was gonna not bury me on commentary but like he wasn't gonna be very uh very complimentary of me either um but yeah uh eventually torn baby face and he couldn't uh he wasn't yeah kind of dropped it Went away after a while. But yeah, those, those first couple of contenders, he was just like, oh, here's this prick now. Like, Jesus, I <laughs> I think we have uh, Tony's after managing to take that mantle over. with um, Yeah. <laughs> especially with the stuff after, was it WrestleMania? When he was saying that you let all of down and stuff. And... Yeah, yeah. He uh, not not to uh, not to shatter his character around, but he actually apologized to me after. He was just like, "I'm so so sorry." Like it's just, I felt awful saying that. It it absolutely like it was pivotal to the story, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it made perfect sense from two say it. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah, but he actually like he, yeah he went through, he went through <laughs> you a bit there. <laughs> Um, the, the last thing I have, Terry and Annie, is um, my list of 22 quick-fire questions, which I will be asking everybody who comes onto the show. And I'll hopefully compile them at some stage. I'll go back through them and throw them into a spreadsheet or something and see how they compare. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's a few from, like, in wrestling, a few from kind of outside the ring, um, in the locker room, kind of stuff like that. But they're fairly swift. Um, expand on them if you want, give one word answers one sentence answers if you want whatever you kind of want here so um, we'll get cracking so question number one who is your favourite wrestler all time Shawn Michaels solid solid answer same as myself by the way Um. so what is your favourite wrestling team song or do you have them oh, uh, oh shit um what <laughs> Uh, oh fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Probably Shawn Michaels. <laughs> just yeah, I'm just gonna go with Sexy Boy. <laughs> so, what's your favorite match then that you've been involved in? That I've been involved in um, versus Haskins, uh, Contenders fourteen. And do you have a favorite match that you haven't been involved in? Uh, favorite match ever was probably Taker versus Sean in the the Force Hell in a Cell. Uh, favorite match I've ever seen live though. Uh, I'm gonna say Walter versus uh, Devlin. Oh, or maybe Devlin versus Strickland. I don't know. <laughs> it's a toss up. Which Walter Devlin match? Uh. The one at Scrapper, at uh, Scrapper Four, just the uh, the big stadium win. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so have you had any injuries? Um, none serious. I've had loads of little niggling injuries, like my wrist, um, my ankles are, uh, are are pretty bad now. Actually, just before just before lockdown, I was having some some issues with uh, with my foot. Um, and you know, every every now and then, I'll have the occasional problems either from after matches or after training, but nothing serious. I I kind of messed up my ankle back in the day, but um, I never got it checked out, so I don't know if there was nothing really broken or like like damaged with it. But um, yeah, that that bothered me for a while. But nothing serious that I know of. Nothing major. Touch wood. So, in your opinion, then, who would you say has the best mic skills in OTT? Uh, probably Justy, I'd say, or or Barry. Yeah, I think it, I think it's one of the other. Like, there's plenty of people who can cut really good promos, but like nobody is as comfortable on the mic as those two. Yeah, the same kind of names keep pop keep popping up when I ask that question. Um, so this next one then so no offence to anybody but if you were to pick one person who is your absolute banker to go and make a big in wrestling who are you backing? Um, I want to say either Scotty or Valkyrie I think if I have to pick one, um, Valkyrie. As I said, there's loads of these in OTT as well, and there's no offense meant to anybody here, but it's oh, one absolute banker if you had to put like money on it or something. Mm. But yeah, Valkyrie's a good show. Um, do you have a guilty pleasure favorite wrestler? Uh, as far as like I said earlier, probably the Ultimate Warrior, but like, yeah, because yeah, yeah, he was an awful, awful human being. But I, I remember dressing up as him as a kid. So, like, <laughs> it's a fair answer. Um, do you have any merch? Um, I, I don't have like a merch store. I do have some old T-shirts, like what I'm currently wearing. Um, but. Yeah, I, I've got loads of these left, so I actually genuinely I need to get rid of them. So I'm gonna try and set up a a big cartel soon. Uh, just try and shift some of these. And I think I actually may still have one or two of my old t-shirts as well. Few people have gotten onto me, but um, I just I genuinely I just keep forgetting to get back to them about uh, sending them out. Like, but yeah, uh, that's that's about it. Yeah, if anyone's been watching on YouTube as well, it actually has below your below your picture, Terry. Mm. It actually has big cartel coming soon. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So Ideally, I'd love to get like a, a set of um, a set of suspenders made with like braces up written on them, but like that'd be pretty cool. I need they're like really expensive to get made. <laughs> I'd have yeah. to charge like about like about seventy quid per pair. <laughs> You could see you could only wear them to shows as well. Like I, I'm like I'm, mm-hmm. no offense yeah, here, but I, I'm not I'm not wearing braces outside. Like <laughs> you know, but like if I was going to a show, I'd probably stick them on. You know, yeah. but um, 
like I'm not going to be rocking around like I got this t-shirt <laughs> by the way in the door today it's the socialist scum nice. star one um, <laughs> but yeah like I'm going to throw this on me like but like, I don't know about the yeah. suspenders and like that if they're going to cost mm. you too much um, <laughs> but yeah anyway big cartel coming soon anyone who's interested there um, so who would you say then you've had the best chemistry in the ring with um I've, I've always had really good chemistry with Ballymun Browser. I know a lot of people don't. Um, like he's, he's, he can be a bit difficult to work with, but I think me and Browser get along so well that I know what to expect from him and, um, and vice versa. And we always, we always tend to have, have decent matches. And um, also, I mentioned him earlier, but um, Mark Flanagan, Adam Ace, um, he used to wrestle as Kenji in main stage and uh yeah um always had really good chemistry with him he was a good friend actually i, I forgot to mention him earlier in the in like friends outside of wrestling but like yeah he's um he's one of those lads i don't like obviously because he's living in canada i don't don't get to see him anymore but there was a year or two where it seemed like every show we we're on we we're having matches against each other so He'd be one that I that I'd have instant chemistry and and then of course Haskins as well. Cool. So would you prefer to work as a singles or a tag? Um I don't know. I think I'm I'm better as I'm better as singles, but um I'd love I, I would I'd love to give tag a bash. Uh, I'd love to have like a big tag partner and do the the power and speed or like like I take the heat they come in and do the uh, do the hot tag and do the cleaning house and whatnot um, so yeah I'd, I wouldn't mind giving that a bash I think that would kind of take away I get where you're coming from but I think that would kind of take away from your kind of your what would we call it your mighty mouse kind of thing like the smaller wrestler yeah. like, the mighty mouse comes into my mind because that's what you always hear Vince McMahon want as mighty mouse like but um you you, you seem to live by the, the David versus Goliath story um yeah and I think that works for you as well in a lot of aspects um so I think yeah, if, you're, if you're going in there and taking taking the beating and then someone else is coming in to get the hot tag I think I, I, just in my opinion I think it takes away from from all the, the work that you've put in mm. um, already. No, no, I see what you mean. But it's good, though, because like with, with tag team wrestling, there's so many options. There's so many different ways of going about it. Like, like generally speaking, yeah, it would be just like hot tag, guy comes in, cleans house, finish. But like you see some of these matches, like uh, some of the, like the NXT matches and the, the AEW matches where these tag team matches are, are like, they'd have like, three different heat sections in it like mm-hmm. one team would get a heat uh, would be beaten down on on one of the guys and then they make the hot tag but then they get yeah just loads of loads of different ways of walking tag matches nowadays so like i'd like to give that a bash just because i haven't i, I like a challenge um going heel was a challenge turning back baby face was a challenge um yeah and I'd like to I'd like to give this a bash as well. Now we already touched on this a little bit earlier on. Um so what are you watching? Uh yeah, just uh, mainly the MCU. Uh, I've also been catching up 
I'm not catching up, but I've also been watching um, the old uh, X-Men cartoon from the 90s. Been starting to watch that again, and it's handy as well because Orla will watch it with me. So, like, she's not pestering me to change it around. She's actually really getting into it. And unfortunately, now she's using it against us, where, like, you know, we'd be trying to tell her something to do. And uh, she's just like, Dad, you don't know future. You're not Jean Grey. It's like, oh, <laughs> don't you dare use X Men against me. <laughs> <laughs> if, she was re- if she was really clever now, she'd start bringing out the, uh, the oh, if you keep this up, Dad, then I'm going to start watching Paw Patrol again. And make it <laughs> <through>. <laughs> <laughs> I love a fair play to her. She has good taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so one word, I only want one word to describe Joker Bray. Uh, Intimidating. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and, and I think and I think you'd agree with you. Um, yeah, like he never means to do it. He doesn't mean to like no. come across as intimidating. He just like that's just kind of his presence now. Like even like when I was um on the day of the of the fifth anniversary and I walk up to Eddie Kingston, I was just like Okay, I don't know what's happening much. It was just like, oh, we'll get a hold of Joe, we'll find out. And, uh, and we'll find out what's going on. Um, and we seen Joe, and he's just, yeah, I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Uh, Eddie kind of just looks at me and just like, I've never been able to get a read on that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, he's real, just like, there's something about Joe, like, he's stoic and quiet, but like, mm-hmm. There is something kind of, there is something really intimidating about him. I think he, he said it on Tony Kelly's podcast. Did you did you listen to him on Tony's podcast? Yeah, I did. I only listened to it the other day. Like he's real kind of just like he's he's an introvert mm-hmm. by nature. Like he yeah. just he's quiet. He also just has yeah. so much to do on a show day <laughs> as well and it, you can kind of understand it and i actually yeah. bumped into he might joe. seem like he's standoffish but he's actually just like he's just got like 17 plates going mm-hmm. at the same time like like i've actually bumped into joe um I've, I've said hello to him a couple of times at shows and you get the, the quick hello and he's gone um but i actually bumped into him outside of ott a few months ago and i was shocked with the response that I got, he was all smiles. He was happy and chatty, and I was a little bit taken aback. I was just kind of like, "Who are you?" Like I was expecting <laughs> the the quick hello and gone, mm. but no. Like he stopped and he chatted, and he was really happy and smiley, and it, it really took me aback a little bit. But um, yeah, but no, I completely understand where you're coming from yeah. with that. But um, do you think? Sorry, we me and I think me and Callum spoke about this. Do you think he is playing into it at all? Um, well, maybe a little because again, because he is actually genuinely like he's he's such a nice bloke. So maybe he just he does put that on just to um, to keep people at distance a little bit. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was Callum said it as well. It's just like he, he does that just so people will fuck off and <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so this is getting into the, the dressing room then. So 
who would you say is the most annoying in the dressing room? Uh, most annoying, I don't know, like not in a bad way, yeah. like, but like, yeah, just but someone who, who just like those people do not in, but yeah. like in a, in a in a harmless way, it's, mm-hmm. it, it would be Karen, it would be Martina, she. Yeah. She wrecks everyone's head, but in in a lovable way. Like, yeah. she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. You can't be angry um, with her, like. Hmm. If, if... <laughs> See, I don't want to... Like, again, I don't want to say he's annoying, but, like, someone like like Captain, uh, like Captain Sexy, would be, like... He'd, he'd pester people in, in, like, the funny... In the weirdest little ways. Like, yeah. But, no, he wouldn't actually annoy anybody. He'd just, like... The fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, uh, there's a like he had this like video going around the while, a while back where like, I think it was like like Scrapper Four, a uh, Scrapper Mania Four, and um, it's just him going around in his like his little tight little pink jocks and he and his little speedo cap, and uh, he just starts kind of like waltzing around Will Osprey while he, Osprey's trying to like come up with ideas, and Osprey's just like looking at him the whole time and just starts pissing himself laughing but like again that's it's not not so much annoying as it is he's just he's always active he's always doing something yeah so who would you say has the best ring gear is there anyone's ring gear that you look at and say oh that's good but like me um, that. Uh, maybe Debbie Debbie's Debbie is class. like, yeah, she's got class gear, but like, it's it's her like she's constantly like like being able to do like two wardrobe changes in one show, where she'll come out at the start of the show wearing something completely different. Like, she's like absolutely on point with her with her gear and her entrance gear and the clothes that she wears, even when she's like uh, doing. Uh, managers or whatever like she's like yeah she's fucking on point with, with stuff like that absolutely so then who would you say would be the best to room with if you were traveling um well personally i'd i'd room with fran because mm-hmm. uh yeah we get along um and yeah he wouldn't judge me for smoking <laughs> that was something that um that ct brought up on the show as well was that um, someone who doesn't smoke and someone who doesn't um doesn't snore were just two things um mm. but uh so who would you say is there anyone that you say would be the worst to room with will travel um uh... I don't know, probably Glennon, probably Martina, <laughs> just like <laughs> up till seven in the morning, getting you, yeah, trying to get yeah. your dance to like, Sandstorm and Maniac. <laughs> yeah, and the questions, the questions as well. Like, uh, and yeah, I just no, no, I get enough of that at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, who would you say has the best taste in music? All right, here. Come um, on. best taste in music. I don't know. Um. I want to actually try funny Martina as well. What are you doing? No, you're done. I'll be with you in a minute. It's been like three hours. <laughs> okay, I'll be with you in a minute. Sorry, Linda. Oh, again. It's It's been two hours. Yeah, it's been two. Apologies. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's quarter past the 12. <laughs> We're nearly finished. Um... 
I don't know. Uh, who has the best taste in music? I, I genuinely... I... The best taste in music is Gail Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably... Actually, yeah. Probably Paddy, Paddy Morrow. Because uh, he likes he likes his, his old school 90s hip-hop. I like Motown. And is there anyone who you say would have the worst taste in music? Anyone who, you's, who you've listened to or have a playing or that and then you've just been like, that horrendous? Uh... Probably maybe Dara Lynch. Yeah, I think who was it that described him? Said that he listens to sad boy music. <laughs> that that was Callum, I think. Yeah, I think it was Callum. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that, that makes sense. So who would you say uh, had yeah. the best um the best dress sense? Um Hello. Maybe Scotty. Scotty looks slick. His name is Jordan as well. Jordan, if Jordan wouldn't, he wear, he wears socks with sandals, and that's that's just unforgivable. It absolutely I just, I, is. I can't, I, I, I can't it let that go. It does not. It does no. not. He's not allowed to wear socks it and sandals at the same time. It depends what socks with sandals. If he wears heel of like sandals and then like the proper, no, sorry, right. <laughs> sorry, you're all good. So, who would you say has the worst dress sense? Worst. Um, worst what? Uh, worst what? Dress sense. Worst dress sense. Either. Justy. It's not Justy. It is Justy. It is the not. Best and the worst. No, the worst dress sense is either Aiden, because he tends to just kind of put everything on no, at the same not, time. Uh, no, it's will not. Will you Aiden. stop? It's not Aiden. No, seriously, will you stop? Um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Aiden because he he likes to wear all of his clothes at the same time, or um or Maxer because he's stuck in the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> he still wears boot coats. So my very last question, and you can take this up whatever way you want. So who's the longest in the shower? <laughs> uh, genuinely haven't noticed. <laughs> um. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, genuinely, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't tend to clock it. <laughs> I don't know as good as an answer as any. Um, but that's all the um, that's all the quick fire questions that I have, and that's that's pretty much everything that I have for you tonight, Terry. Um, grand. I grand, just want to thank yeah. you very much for Fucking coming on and um, <laughs> and your time. And I do apologise to Linda for going long. Um, <laughs> I do understand. I just do have the the family there, and um, your time is very precious. And I do just want to genuinely thank you for giving up these couple of hours to to chat with me this evening. Ah, uh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I hope uh, hope it was somewhat entertaining. It absolutely was, um, especially the the little tiffs, um, which will be left in every single one. But um, for anyone who's watching or listening, um, if you could head over, follow Terry um, on Twitter at Dipatched. Um, follow myself on Twitter and Instagram at KOOK underscore pod. And if you head over to YouTube, kicking out a KFAB and subscribe and watch the videos there. Um, and follow linda as well what's linda's handle do we know linda's twitter handle uh midget mommy 
There you go. At Midget Mammy and Pestler to get into the ring and get training for Vicky Haskins. <laughs> um, coming soon to an amputee <laughs> ring near you. Um, hopefully. Yeah. But again, Terry, thank you very, very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And I hope to see you in person very, very soon. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. Until the next time.